Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Clean at Work. Today, we are talking to Jackie and John about their journey to getting their level one um, in systemic modeling. So, Jackie and John, welcome. Thank um, you. Let's talk about what exactly a getting your level one in systemic modeling means. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, it sounds really easy, right? It's like level one. How hard can it be to get to level one? <laughs> uh, uh, but actually, it's uh, really quite hard, or at least it was for me, Jackie. I, I can't speak Absolutely. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it's a multi-year journey, um, and the learning experience is very self-driven. So you have to do some trainings, uh, what they call like the rolling programs, where we uh, used to meet in person for three days, uh, practice our skills and get feedback on those skills. And we've talked about some of the skills involved in previous elements, but really it's a, around um, being able to stay as unbiased as possible as the facilitator and be able to be really curious about what's going on in the group and helping them to create a network and understanding of each other's stuff. And that stuff we tend to refer to as something called a model. So our model of how we work at our best and how we work at our worst uh, and what difference it makes if I know, for example, how Sarah works at her best or worst or Jackie works at best or worst, how, what adaptions can I make in my group so that we can all kind of go up to that next level of working at our best more often. And again, um, it still sounds not that hard and I think most people from what I've seen start on this curve of, yeah, that sounds really easy. I'll give that a go. And then they go down into yeah. the, the pit of despair <laughs> <laughs> quite quickly when they realize it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. And then, you know, probably uh, if it's anything like mine, Jackie, it's like a roller coaster from. <laughs> That's, I was just thinking that uh, yeah, the yeah. pit of despair happened more than once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, great, great yeah. description, John. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it seems really simple on the face of things. Um, and I definitely went in thinking, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll learn this. How, how hard could this be? Um, and, you know, you, you soon realize, um, you know, that uh, that ladder of competence model, you go in thinking, oh, this will be all right. You know, you don't know what you don't know. And suddenly you realize just how much there is to learn and just how much you don't know. So it's kind of getting up to the finding out what it is you don't know. Uh, and when you think you've got that, um, you test it out and then realize that, yeah, still got a bit more learning to do. And I don't think you ever um, kind of really fully know it. Uh, and Caitlin said something, Caitlin Walker said something really interesting this week about David Grove and clean language. And he said, you're never really an expert in clean language because you never um, know the client you're working with. And it's the same with these groups. So I don't think uh, I don't think we're ever expert status. I think it's going to be a lifelong journey. Yeah, I mean, Caitlin it's... always says that when you get to level one, that's when you start to become competent. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, after that many years is a... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, it, yeah. but um, the metaphor I like to use is um, when I, I used to be into martial arts and I've got two black belts and what they say there is very similar. You know, you, becoming a black belt is a three to five year journey, for example. Yeah. And then when you get your black belt, that's when you actually start your journey. Right. That's when you can start Absolutely. to understand yeah. um, and make that your own. And that's how I kind yeah. of feel. That's kind yeah. of give up almost on that kind of scene level one as the, the goal. And looking at okay yeah. well actually what do i want to have happen now that 
I've got these skills. What difference will this make in the world? Mm. How am I going to start adapting and using this in my context in in my way? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. for me, that's kind of was the big breakthrough to, to actually get in there in the end. Yeah, it's very much a participation sport. You can't just learn it. You have to, once you achieve it, you have to get out there and do it. And it's a cycle, isn't it? Of what yeah. do I know? How can I use this? What's happening when I do it? What else do I need to learn? Yeah, so it's, yeah. yeah. yeah I call it a craft. Journey. It's like coaching and those things. I like that. You, you, yeah. you don't learn a craft by learning lots of theory about how to, you know, make a table or a, or a chair if you're a, you know, a, craftsman you learn by doing it yeah not looking how you wanted it to be adapting trying it again yeah. um until eventually you become a, a crafts person exactly whatever that, that yeah. is whether that's wood or yeah. steel or, or it occurs know, artist. to me too that our audience might be watching this in 2021 and i think they're going to shift things right to make the levels a little smaller so mm. We'll have to put in the show notes when that happens. When we're talking about a level one, that might be equivalent to a level eight or something for our audience when they're watching this in a few months. Mm. So, yeah, I think from a ILM point of view, is it ILM they talk about? ILM. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it would be equivalent to seven. Um, so from my experience, I do have an ILM in um, in coaching, an ILM level oh, okay. seven in coaching, uh, and mm -hmm. it's, a it's a master's um, level. Um, and having been through this training over a number of years, I would absolutely say that this training is at master's level. So I think when Caitlin's talking about, um, you know, changing the levels, as John said, a level one would seem as though it's really simplistic. Um, if an ILM sort of um, uh, level four is uh, GCSE, for example. So people might think that level one's super easy and it doesn't really represent um, the complexity of it. So Caitlin's realigning the levels to, yeah. to I believe, align with ILM 7. Yeah. Yeah. And from an ICF point of view, that was kind of be like almost MCC level. Mm. Um, and if I've done some analysis between the levels in ICF um, and oh. most, a lot of the competencies that we're doing, Jack, and I can share the form with you after if you're interested, mm, that'd be great. is actually kind of what, what they expect from a MCC. So the ability mm. to respond to change in the moment is something that they don't yeah. expect until you're at MCC level. So, absolutely, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Kind, of, kind of a big deal. I wish we had more people. Yeah. You know, coming from an agile background um, where we love certificates and piece of paper, I wish we did get more pieces of paper. With <laughs> we we have to just do it for the love and the honor instead. Oh, <laughs> Okay, so we've talked about how much effort it is and that um, level one is kind of a misnomer because it's really a lot, lot of work and many years of dedication. Jackie, why don't we start with you and talk about why you decided to put in these years mm. of practice and to learn all of this. Talk, tell us about your journey to level one. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's, um, it's been a really interesting journey because um, systemic modeling um, brought together two of my passions. Um, so if I just go back in time, there's been a, um, through my earlier career, my whole life really, there's been a golden thread and I've always worked with people who are very disadvantaged. So 
um, you know, for a long time, I worked with long term unemployed people and very specialist groups within that people are experiencing homelessness, um, very disadvantaged single parents. I worked in a charity for people with HIV and AIDS. And all of that was about creating the conditions for people to be at their best and noticing that, you know, um, people are often not at their best and don't know how to be at their best. So that was my early career. And then I moved into the um, into the NHS um, and um, I was working in leadership and organizational development and I was a coach and I trained as a mediator and I noticed that people were having a lot of relational issues and really getting upset and falling out within their teams or with each other um, and it was about relationships and it was about communication um, and I've always um, apart from um, helping people to be at their best I've always been really concerned to help people to relate better so I wrote a course called how to have a courageous conversation for example and uh, along in the back of that I found um, clean language through doing an NLP master practitioner course and I was really interested in that and it really helped me to write that course on how to have a courageous conversation and then and I don't know how it happened someone drew my attention to Caitlin's um, video her TED talk and she was working with those young people and they were incredibly disadvantaged and they were on the edge of exclusion, on the edge of prison. Um, and as I heard her talk about how she facilitated these people to understand what was going on for them and then to be able to express that to each other so that they understood each other and then be able to express that to the wider world so they could create the conditions to be at their best. It pulled all of my key passions together in one place and I just had to find out more and that's uh, how I found my way to um, Caitlin so yeah um, and I've never regretted it for a second as challenging as this journey has been uh, it's transformed how I am as a facilitator and a coach and what I can what I can bring uh, to the work that I do so that wasn't a brief uh, uh, introduction to how I got there and uh, sorry about that John what about you what what was your journey? I don't think I know your journey. Yeah. Um, so I came from an agile background, still work in agile. Um, and I started calling myself an agile coach. Um, but I knew a lot about agile, but didn't know a lot about coaching. So I went on a bit of a discovery, um, came across something called ORSC, which is Organizational and Relationship Systems Coaching. And so I did kind of the five modules you can do in, in OSC. And that was um, kind of life-changing for me from a personal reflection point of view. So it really started to change my views on the world and adapt to who I am as a person and uh, really start to embed what we call that coaching kind of mindset of, of um, you know, really uh, believing that a, that a system is naturally um, resourceful and whole and a person is as well. And you know that they've, there's all that potential that's there um, and what can we do to help unleash that yeah um, and so I sat again those coaching skills um, and uh, was seeing the difference that was making in my clients and on both an individual and an organizational level there was still something missing to me um, and so through Olaf Lewitz I went on a clean language course with Judy Reese as well um, and that was more kind of just an intro to clean, a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff. Mm. Um, and because we're from an agile background, we do a lot of team stuff. So my my curiosity was, okay, well, this is great, but how do we do this 
um, in a team setting. And so she kind of pointed towards Caitlin's work and said, oh yeah, there is someone doing this kind of work in, in teams. Um, and so that's how I got into reading the book. Um, so I listened to the audible maybe two or three times. I was like, yeah. I've got, I've got to, I've got to meet this woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I read the book about but, three times. Yeah. And, and I was like really nervous because like most people where I've been like that, it's like when you meet them, they never kind of live up to the expectations. Yeah. Um, but Caitlin is actually one of the few people where I've met them and it's like, oh, she's actually even, you know, more humble and more impressive in real life than in a book. Yeah. And that's really quite unusual, I've I found. Yeah. Um, and so I did the clean for teams uh, and then... Uh, I took a little bit of a break around six months and then I think I was finishing off some other things at the time and just kind of getting curious about it and then um, I started with the rolling uh, program and I think I just did everyone possible yeah. <laughs> you know I flew to Florida and hung out with Sarah for a oh week my word. Um, um, and we stayed stayed together with Caitlin um, we hired like a big um, place all together so that was really great um, so yeah, and it's, I think the biggest surprise for me is the, I thought after all the work I'd done in Orsk, like I was done as a person, right? I'd, cha I'd changed, <laughs> right? I'd adapted. I was like, well, what more, you know, so that bit will be easy because I've already done that, right? And then it's like, oh. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah because you think you you know as a coach uh, and as a facilitator you think you know you've really got self-awareness nailed you know not 100 percent yeah. of the time but that you're mainly there um and you spend a lot of time unlearning that doing this work absolutely yeah yeah it's, yeah. it's really kind of humbling right it's like yeah and yeah. E even today i was on a session this morning um and you know, um, Olaf gave me some feedback at the end around, you know, some uh, lack of clean that I used at one point. It's like, yeah, just a reminder that I'm still, you know, still uh, learning this stuff. And it's Absolutely. Little, little bits now that it's like, that make a huge difference. I think those, you know, you can say the wrong word or just say something mm. slightly different to what someone said and it can change the whole dynamic of the the situation and it's yeah yeah it's in, in some ways um yeah. quite that's where the mastery comes right it's like in theory it's easy and then when you yeah when you look at those kind of nuances and what difference they make it that's the bit that i really enjoy i love the, the fact yeah. it's hard yeah, that that's exactly it for me. It's it's that the nuances, it's the subtlety, um, which is why you come along and think, oh, this looks okay, this looks easy. Uh, it you know it's easy to do, but there's a depth, a real depth um, below this work, and and some real subtlety, yeah, that makes the difference. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So you've done all of this effort and put all of these years into learning and got finally gotten your level one. So talk to us a little bit about now that you've gotten it, how you're going to continue learning and how you're going to apply it. Mm. So do you want to go first or shall I, John? There you go, Jackie. Um, I'm, I'm already applying it because um, one of the things I have to do, and this is key for me, I, I do really want to say that um, when uh, certainly when I and perhaps John, when you started learning this work, it was go on a course, there'd be a big gap to the next course, do a bit more. Uh, and it, 
takes forever to do it that way. I'm a very experiential learner. So as I'm learning, I have to be actually sharing some of what I'm um, learning with other people. And I did that in a very open way. So I was working in the NHS at the time. Um, I'm not now, I'm freelance now for the last three years. And I was saying to people, wow, this stuff's amazing. Let me share it with you. So I was inviting people to learn along with me. I was sharing out some of the skills, building my skills, seeing what I'd got. And I had an opportunity to, to do some fantastic bits of work. So um, being in the NHS, I work with quite a few medical people, um, a, a couple of uh, medical consultants who actively go away now and they use that in their work. One runs um, medical leadership programs and she does a day on clean language. Um, the other one is a, a respiratory consultant and he's just won an award for innovation in his work and everything that he does has clean language um, woven through it. My proudest moment was working with um, uh, um, NHS blood and transplant uh, in the organ donation team. Um, so I worked with their professional development team, gave them some of these skills and over three years they kind of learnt it. Um, and we shared the skills to their team of specialist nurses who have bedside conversations about organ donation. Um, and they use all of this now in their medical simulations uh, and in their induction program. So that has been my proudest moment to date. Um, and I use it in my coaching. It's absolutely transformed how I am. Uh, and it's really lifted the kind of coaching I can do. So before I did systemic modeling, um, I was coaching in quite a small pool, but now I coach academics, um, which, uh, you know, that's a real test. Uh, and I coach social workers and people who are neurodiverse and people in the public and private and voluntary sectors. And um, it's just lifted everything that I do phenomenally, I would say. So it's been a fantastic uh, uh, return on investment already. And I'm still committed to this uh, learning journey. What about you, John? Um, so I, I don't think you, as you said, Jackie, I don't think you can get to level one just by doing the training. Mm -hmm. You have to be kind of living and breathing this stuff all the time. It's like, it's really hard to explain like how, what it takes to get to that level one um, and kind of what Caitlin's looking for when you do that. And I already mm -hmm. said, letting go of that certificate was really important because when you've got that certificate as the goal, you can't be fully in service of the group. And if you're not in fully service of the group, people pick up on that very um, yeah. quickly. So it becomes part of everything, at least for me, it's become part of everything I do. So there's a thread in all of my work that is um, systemic modeling, or at least everything I do is systemically facilitated. So I run a lot of training, agile training, um, and all that systemic facilitated and we use the models throughout that and I'm just going to launch a six month uh, what we call the IC Agile Agile Coaching Expert next year which will all be systemically facilitated and will include clean for um, agile teams or some yeah. kind of um, uh, course specifically for people with the agile context who want to get more into um, systemic modeling. Mm. Um, it's part of my coaching work um, so um, all of my um, agile coaching work that I do is uses systemic modeling, starting with agile scoping um, and into the work I do. Um, and so I think it's just become um, 
part of my DNA, I would say that I don't, Yeah. It, it's almost, it's like, I don't really use many other approaches any anymore. It's like, mm. um, it, it just seems to, to I, I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing, but it just seems to be the only kind of focus, it seems to work in, in most contexts that I, yeah. that I particularly work in, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're doing other things like finding work during the pandemic workshops um, and things like that. But I wanted to go back to something you said, Jackie, about, you know, when you're trying this out, experiential learning and trying it out um, in the wild, because I wanted to check in if you had a similar experience to me. So I was doing that a lot when we were in person mm -hmm. before online. And what I found was that I was picking up a lot of bad habits. So I was doing things in the wild without any kind of one there to tell, tell me that they were wrong. Um, and then when I was going back into the training room, sometimes you'd be like, oh, why have I started? Someone would pick you up and you're like, oh, you, I wasn't doing that last training. What's happened? And mm -hmm. so one of the great advantages I've found with this new online world is the ability to get more mentoring. Um, traditionally, it'd be called you know, supervision. Yeah. I prefer yeah. to refer to it as kind of mentoring or, or peer support where you can kind of bring Absolutely. these things yeah. and get that uh, feedback much quicker than you could, uh, especially when you're learning. So I think yeah. now I've got more understanding and, and I still need that mentoring. Um, but when you're first learning, it's kind of you haven't got that same introspection. And, um, yeah, yeah, I agree have now. Yeah, there's the, uh, you know, peer practice groups, um, you know, there's a, um, a support group. Um, you can kind of ask for help in the community, as I often do, and I'll say I've got a gig coming up on a Friday, you know, um, who would like to support me with, you know, a setup, which is a way that we use to kind of um, get ourselves in the right state to do it. There's so much support now yeah. that wasn't available at the start that I think it um, it's likely to speed up someone's learning journey and to um, help them with um, kind of safety and due diligence. And I was lucky that I had people to call on. So um, as I was making my mistakes, I was kind of unraveling them with people and finding out. So what could I do differently next time? You know, um, yeah. So so this community is very supportive, I found. And what we can we do is in the show notes, we can add information about the different practice groups. And then of yeah. course, a link to Jackie's work and to John's work. We're about at the end of our time. So can y'all just give us one thing to walk away with for today? Like any, what, let's say that I'm just getting into this and I'm considering getting my level one. What would give, what would be one piece of advice you would give me? So I would say um, the world has never needed these skills more. They help people to explore the space between um, their opinions, um, you know, and they help you to explore what other people mean by what they say and what you mean by what you say. And the world has never made, needed these skills more than they do now. So I would say go for it. We need more people doing this work in the world. Thank you. I, I would just say be ready for your world to change. I think that was the that would be the biggest disclaimer for me. It's like, yeah, go ahead. We really need these skills, but um, it's going to make a bigger difference to you than than anyone else. So just be ready yeah. for for that change. Absolutely, John. That's gorgeous. I agree. Yeah. All right. Thank you both right. so much. Thanks Thank you so happy. much, Thanks, John, for being an interviewee. Please do remember to like and subscribe. Uh, and uh, follow
follow us for the next session, which will be Svetlana, uh, who is a level two systemic modeler. So you've heard from Jackie and I today, and we've just achieved our level one. Uh, next week, we're going to find out what it takes to get to that level two and what difference that makes. Great. I'll be watching that one with interest. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. See you Thank next you. time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.